If advertising icon Clara Pella were around today, I think she'd trade in her famous slogan, Where's the beef? for what's Snapchat? Adyak is the official podcast of the AAF Lehigh Valley. I'm your host, Nathan Linder. Adyak is sponsored and produced by Fire Rock Productions. Adyak is recorded at Adams Outdoor Advertising's Eastern PA Market. Our theme song is written and produced by Carlo Acera. Welcome, everyone, to our last episode. Hey, if you've been a guest, or if you've even listened to just one episode, let me just say thank you. To reach out to our members and advertising professionals in our market via a podcast was an idea of mine way back in 2017. And since then, we've amassed a nice little library of 10 episodes, counting this one. All episodes will remain available on aafglv.org slash category slash podcast. Adiac is also available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Before we get started, I just want to thank the president of the Ad Club and principal of Fire Rock Productions, Julia Urich, uh, without whom this podcast would not be possible. I'd also like to thank her employee and producer of the show, Carlos Serra. You can find out more about them at firerockvideo.com. I'd also like to thank Adams Outdoor Advertising, Eastern PA Market, and their general manager, Tony Chaffee, for allowing us to record the last five episodes on site. You can check them out at adamsoutdoor.com. And finally, the last person I'd like to thank is actually our last guest, so it's really quite fitting. His creativity and leadership has left an indelible mark in the advertising community here in the Lehigh Valley. An accomplished marketing leader with a history of delivering award-winning ideas across multiple platforms, he's relentlessly dedicated to the skillful and creative translation of strategic business objectives into revenue-generating campaigns. He's known as a collaborative mentor and a champion of fearless creativity who celebrates and develops talent. He's a columnist. He's a creative director. He's won more awards than I care to list. He's been the president of the Ad Club. He's hosted the Addy Awards numerous times. He's a guy I'm proud to call my friend, and he's our last guest. Welcome to the show, Bill Childs. That's, uh, that's quite an it's introduction. It's quite an intro, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Really, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you like that. Well, look, the next thing on my sheet here, it says there's no pre-interview. So we're, we're going like, uh, we're, we're going right for it here. So you and I it. did not speak before this. We did not. So we're, f- we're flying without parachutes here. Okay. So uh, let's, let's talk about your career, which is very interesting. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think your very first job in advertising was driving proofs around to clients for the morning call. Is that correct, or am I off a little you're, bit? You're close. You're okay, close. My okay. first job was uh, right out of uh, high school mm-hmm. um, at a place called Graphic Sign Systems, where I was. Uh, it was a place that did uh, vinyl lettering, uh, signage, um, interior signage for hospitals, office buildings, things like that. That was probably in uh, well, let's see, in high school, eighty two, eighty three. Okay, and I was there for six years. Um, then I got the job at the morning call, which was a proof messenger job. Yes, I, I drove advertising, approved, advertising proofs around to customers to correct their, their ads before they ran, which sounds like, like, isn't that what a PDF does now? Well, I was going to say, you're, you're kind of like you were the human internet back then. You were kind of like running yes. around, you know, delivering the proofs. Um, there, has, there had to have been, or maybe I'm romanticizing it a little bit, but there had to have been a sense of, excitement to that because you're on a deadline you had to like you know were there every moments where you were like speeding from client to client to get stuff done or was it not that exciting no it was it was exciting and terrifying because the car they (laughs) gave was a a a chevette if you remember those cars it was the summer of uh, 88 hottest summer on record to that point vinyl seats am radio and a four-cylinder car that you needed like 
four miles in, of, of like a, to, a, an entrance lane to, to get onto a highway because the car just wouldn't accelerate that fast. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, kind of crazy. And it was during the, the time when they were constructing I-78. So a lot of traffic, a lot of things to contend with, and I'm kind of directionally challenged. Right. So a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in there. Right, no GPS, nothing. Oh, God, you, no GPS, no. no. Um, you used to have to uh, make the phone calls for, you know, either at a payphone or at the clients. You would have to say, you know, hey, can I use your phone to call in and see if there's any more stops for me to go to or places to pick up? But uh, it, it was interesting in that it, it gave me an opportunity to kind of go into the morning call at a time, um, you know, and, and see kind of what I wanted to do next. Mm-hmm. I knew this wasn't what I wanted to like have my career be, but I, I, did, I did it for four months. And I saw in the, one of the departments was the ad design department. And that's where I kind of wanted to to kind of pursue. So it kind of gave me a foot in the door to kind of see what was available opportunity wise in advertising at mm-hmm. the time. And when I saw the uh, the layout artist, that's where I knew where I, that's where I wanted to be. How did you prove yourself to get into that into that bullpen of of artists when you're you know you're driving proofs around? How do you make that transition? That must have been interesting. Yeah, a lot of people, uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot of people, a couple people told me, you know, they don't really hire proof messengers to be de- graphic designers. So I was kind of, it was an uphill battle. I, um, what I did was I be- befriended one of the artists there and asked him, uh, hey, what, what can I do to kind of like get a leg up here? And he said, well, you know that layout paper that's in the back uh, room where you're at there? I said, yeah. He goes, take a bunch of that home and just start designing ads. Just just start designing. And that's what I did. I did that for, I mean, I probably had like 30, 40 ads when I actually finally got the interview. So trying to really show, look, I, I know how to do this. Mm-hmm. And I really did acquire those skills from Votech. So I knew how to design. Um, that's one thing I will say that, that I got by coming out of Votech was I knew how to design. There were no Macs back then. Correct. So yeah. you kind of had to know kind of w- your way around a, a T-square and, a mar- and markers and, and pencils yeah. and, and things Practical like that. Practical skills that you would later translate when the, when Macs did come into yeah. fruition, they would translate very nicely. Yep. And you would probably have a leg up on people that didn't have those skills that were just trying to, you know, use the computer because you knew how, the tra- how mm-hmm. that translated from, sure. from practical to computer. So And I got lucky in that the, the person who was doing the hiring at the morning call was a, a lady named Diana Valois. And she just had a quirky, a quirky uh, uh, persona, mm-hmm. and she just, she just loved the stuff that I did. Like she just was over the moon with that. That I was willing to, to do this on my own without being asked. And she saw something in me. Sure. And I, and I was so glad that, and grateful that she did because without her kind of taking a, a chance on me, I don't, I don't know where the, the career would have gone. But she, she saw something. She gave me the, the opportunity, and I was not about to do anything to blow that opportunity. Sure. So once I finally got it, I just poured myself into the role and the, you know, I never looked back after that. And you had um you had a friend you said you made, you know, in the department once you were hired on there was there like some friction between the others or were you kind of welcomed with open arms or was it, you know, was no, it, it not, was not an issue? No, it was actually wasn't an issue. Um the people that were there were were they knew me from being a proof messenger. Um, I really did try to kind of keep my karma clean, if you will, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and just be positive when I was doing the proof messenger job, knowing that it was kind of like, you know, the first rung on the ladder. Um, I didn't look at it like that. I really kind of just looked at it as an opportunity. 
uh, an opportunity to kind of show what I can do, mm-hmm. even though it was just driving advertising proofs around. Well, I think now you find, you, at this point, I think you find yourself um, in a great position because you understand the proofs, you understand the proofing process, you know what to look for, and you're also, now you're on the, the end of designing them before they even go out. So, you know, you must have had a leg up on a, lo- on a lot of the... Yeah, I'll tell you, it's funny. Um, you never know how the dots are going to connect, but boy, when you take a step back and you get you know thirty plus years like I have in my career now, um, and just see how the dots connect, they mm-hmm. everything can kind of builds on the previous the previous thing you were doing, and you just you use it all. You use all of it. If you're if you're if you're doing it right, you'll use all of it. You use right. every skill that you acquire. I'll tell you a funny story. When I was at the sign company, um, one of the things that we used to have to do is before we we bought the Gerber sign cutter that would cut the vinyl letters, you know, on a machine. Mm-hmm. We used to have to lay those letters out by hand. So people's names would be laid out by hand from a, a company called Chart Pack. That's where we got the letters from. They were on individual sheets. And you had this grid paper that had like, you know, a grid on it so that you could kind of see how you're laying it out. But um, you get really good at letter spacing. Sure. So um, I'm like... I'm like a, a a nut for kerning. You're a like, kerning fool. I'm a. I could see bad. You're the kerning kernel. <laughs> the kernel of kerning. The kernel of kerning. I could see bad kerning like two miles away. <laughs> like, but I didn't even know what that word was when I was laying those letters out. But l- years later, it's like, oh wait, I remember this. Yep. You know what is this called? Kerning. Yeah. Oh, it's letter spacing. Right. Because you would never lay down a Y and then put an O a half an inch yeah. away from it. You know. It, so that that was one of those dots where you just. You know who who knew how that was going to connect, but yet it did in a big way. Good. Well, um, every so that's your first stint at the morning call. Um, what was your every? I think everyone kind of remembers their first like breakout ad. So you know what was your first one that got actually that saw print, that saw the light of day. That that was the first one where you thought, yeah, I'm I'm really good at this, and I want to do more of this. You know, is there a memory of that? Do you remember what it was in particular? You know, this is interesting. There was in newspapers. There's a there's a there's an ad series or size that is known as a double truck, mm-hmm. and what that means is two pages pages that that touch each other. It's like a center spread. Sure. Okay. And probably back in I'm thinking this is probably late '80s, either early '90s. There was a, a a bicycle tour that came through the Lehigh Valley. It was actually the Tour de Trump. <laughs> it was a bike race sponsored by Donald Trump. Wow. Leroy Neiman did the poster for it. I still have a poster for it. But I had to lay out a double truck for this Tour de Trump. And, you know, n- this was all before computers. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say that that one, once I was able to kind of put put that together and have that work as well as it did from a, a double truck um, perspective. That's when I thought, okay, I think I, I think I'm, I'm getting the hang of this. Right. I think I'm, I can, I'm going to be okay doing graphic design for the morning call after laying out that, that double truck ad. Yeah. So, how long was your first stint, you know, at the morning call before you, you went to another part of your career, which we'll sure. touch on in a bit? But how long were you there? Ten years, the first. Ten time. years. Okay. Yeah. And within that time, um, the first five were. Um, well, the first four months were was the proof uh, mm-hmm. messenger job. Then uh, five years in in copy and layout, what they called it, graphic design. Mm-hmm. Um, then I went into sales for two years. Okay. I sold a single sheet insert product. 
uh, did that for two years, and then came back into copy and layout when the department got the Macintosh computers. Got it. And finished my career um, probably four years uh, doing that, and okay. then left in 1999. So when you left in 99, you were still considered a designer, or were you an art director or no, creative director at that point? No, I was point? still a designer. Designer, yep. okay. Mm -hmm. I remember a, a quick story before we move on, on to phase two um, of your career. Uh, you told it to me years ago, but I, th I, th I thought it was worth bringing up again because I, I, I think it kind of speaks to, you know, the where your career is heading and, and just, you know, the talent that you have. Uh, you were, and again, correct me as I'm going here because I might get the story wrong, but I remember you were saying you were on a sales call, uh, you know, with an account executive and you were reviewing creative with a client. And uh, you had some ideas, and I think you even had some ads that you showed them, and you were explaining them very uh, articulately and in a manner that kind of like, this is going to meet your objective, and you don't want to be commonplace. You want to do something kind of sure. unusual to catch people's attention. And I, the client kind of turned to you and said something along the lines of, what are you doing here? Is that is, is that ring a bell, or am I crazy? Something like they were like... They didn't expect that level of sophistication from from quote unquote just a newspaper ad. Yeah, I boy, I wish I remember the details on who that was. I do remember, I do remember that um, because I think what started to happen for me was I, as I was designing these these ads and uh, the first time around, I I also, I used to think you know there's so much information in here that that could really doesn't need to be in here. Yeah. That could kind of be like edited out. It's just kind of it just seems like it's filler. And I started doing two versions of an ad. I would do the ad that the, the account executive would request that I do. Mm -hmm. I tried to fit all the copy in as best I can. And I got pretty good at doing that. But then I would do another version where I kind of simplified it. Sure. And I started saying to the account reps, like, hey, why don't you take both these out and see kind of like how it goes? And the ad started coming back with the cleaner version. So once I was able to establish the trust with the reps, um, I didn't have to do that that ad anymore with all the copy, and they right. would just say, "Just do what you know. Put in the copy that you think you know needs to go in here." I mean, there was obviously there's going to be certain elements that that absolutely had to go in, but there were just these these phrases that seemed to just keep popping up that were just filler. Can they I just, guess? Can I guess some? Go ahead. Uh, Lehigh Valley's best kept secret. That's a good one. Is that yeah. one? Um, yep. Family owned uh, and operated since you, you know you name the year. There you go. The, the, That's you another think one. Is impressive. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, more? just so just stuff like that. Just yeah, just stuff like that that I just thought, are we just what are we doing here? Like yeah. it's so small and it's tiny and it's like let's get, it's just just let's get it out of here. Let's so you clear literally it up. started to clean up the newspaper. It was less clutter. It started to look like a nicer product. Well, the ads certainly looked nicer. Yeah. yeah, which is interesting because that's what led. It was funny because then when my next career move led me to Adams Outdoor Advertising. Yeah, let's talk about that. So. Uh, how did you make that transition? Was uh, did was did Karen Gamakis hire you? Uh, Tony Chaffee hired me. Okay, Tony. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, that transition <laughs> was uh, was a little scary. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it was. Um, I came over here uh, in '99, and did you answer an ad in the paper? Ironically enough, or how did you know that they were looking for? Uh, creative leader and yeah, art director. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, Steve Boyle, who was at the morning call at the time, uh, came over here as an account executive. Okay. Called me up one day and said, "Hey, I think they might be looking for uh, a graphic artist." I'm just. I thought of you. Thought maybe you'd want to check it out. This is. It's a really cool company over here. Um, good people. They're doing kind of like cutting edge work. Thought of you. And then uh, I came over and I met uh, John Hayes and Tony Chaffee. And then there wasn't a position open at the time that I that I talked to them. Mm -hmm. But I think I got on their radar. 
And I think when there was a position open, probably like three months later, that's when they brought me in. But coming in here was, it was, it was a very intimidating because everyone here was on such a high level from the account execs to the other artists that was here, just their ability to just, you know, kind of take a look at a, a, a business or, or a concept and just distill it down mm -hmm. into two, three, two to three words. It was just, and, and I'm coming from a newspaper world where, you know, we didn't really, we didn't really do that with new, it was more of just like yeah. you know, a headline and hours and address and this and, and it just, this was more concept driven, sure, more idea driven. And it just, it, it's threw me for a but little bit. But to your benefit though, you, you admitted earlier, like you knew the value of the value you knew superfluous information when you saw it and unneeded like it, this is yeah. too much so yeah. when you came over and you sat down with tony and john hayes that and the work you shared was it was it newspaper stuff that you've done or did you actually comp up some billboards to kind of like get your foot in the door it's funny yeah i actually did I, I pulled the same page out of the what i did at the morning call to get that job i did i did a couple billboard designs and and showed the, uh, them as well and they didn't ask but i did those and it just i'll tell you i think you do the best type of work when you can kind of be a little uncomfortable. It's oh, sure. good to be uncomfortable. You know? Absolutely. You go into a, a situation. I went into it. Um, I was scared. I was intimidated. But I hung in, showed up every day, learned from really good people, and it started to kind of it started to kind of percolate and mm -hmm. started to like, hey, I'm getting this now. And then I was able to start taking you know, concepts and, and distilling them down. And, and it, then I got the confidence and then it, it just started the role from there. Yeah. But it's, it's that, that, um, I think young designers and any, you know, anyone starting out, you're, you're not going to know everything right off the bat and that's okay. You know, have that open mind, be humble and just soak it up as much as you can. So I know that's what I did and, and it worked for me. And how long were you at Adams? Two years. Two years. Okay. Yeah. yeah first time. And you were, um, you were you, did you start as a designer because you were eventually the art director. Uh, they just titled it art director okay. at that time, but there were just two designers. We were just designers okay. with art director titles. Got it. Yeah. Was there a memorable uh, board or series of boards that you've done that you'd like to share? Yeah, I would probably say the the campaign that I was the most proud of was the RCN campaign. Okay, when they wanted to look like a sponsor of Music Fest, um, we did or they did a series of seven vinyls. Those are the, you know, the, the big 14, 14 by 48. By 48. Yeah. Yep, 100 posters. And there was nothing on the boards other than a musician and their logo. Hmm. That's it. And they were strategically placed all around the valley, all around the, the, the major arteries coming into and out of Music Fest. And they looked like a sponsor of Music Fest without, without ever paying it. They were shut out. They got shut out by Service Electric. Oh, that's I what, see. That's okay. what happened. And they came here and they said, we, you know, we, we want to... Be a part of Music Fest. We we can't do anything about it. That we you know that Service Electric has the contract, so we want to still play in that space. They knew outdoor was the best way to do it to to kind of make that impact, and um, we did it. And it won a it won an OAAA uh, National Marketing Award after it was after it was finished. And the and the client loved it. Fantastic. I mean, yeah, that That's was great. that was the one campaign that I that I had the most. So fun. by this time, you got the advertising bug. Obviously, you know oh, yeah. you you do yeah. you're doing award winning campaigns for an outdoor company. You know, you, you come from a, a background of, of print, you know, newspaper. What's your next step? You said you were only at Adams for two years. What, what, what did you, where did you go from there? I went to an advertising agency called RM Squared to work with Dan Ross. And what had happened in that situation is um, a lot of the designs that I was doing at Adams at the time um, 
were actually being taken by the client and then they were using it for more than just the billboards. So mm-hmm. they were turning it into other things. They were they were turning it into some one place I did something for. They they actually stopped the presses on their brochure right. in order to retool it to look like what the billboard design was. That's happening today. That's not uncommon. Yeah. yeah. And and that's that's the power of good design, you know? And that started to happen more and more frequently. And I thought to myself, you know, I'd like to be on the side that gets to do all, all of that of creative right. as opposed to just the billboard, mm-hmm. okay? That was the initial thought that I had. And lo and behold, the universe uh, put in front of me um, a gentleman, Dan Ross, who was, had an agency out of his house. He had one client. He was basically from a radio and television background. I'm from a print outdoor background. But he was super creative, super creative guy. And it was just an opportunity where he said, hey, you ever would you ever consider coming to work for me? And no one wanted me to do it. No one. Everyone was like, what are you doing? You're crazy. Like, this guy has one account. He's in his dining room. Like, this is not a good scenario. And I didn't care. I had to do it. I had to do it. It was like, um, he was too much of a creative guy. There was too much that I was going to be able to learn from him. Right. And it just, as much as I I hated to leave Adams at the time, there was just, I had to go do it. Plus, I was going to be able to get around television, radio, um, you know, all the other things that, that I didn't get to, to experience up to that point at an agency with basically two people. So bringing, bringing you on board, did that allow you to, you guys to try and now actively seek out more clients than just the one that he had? Yes, absolutely. In fact, what was, what was interesting about that was he, he brought me in one month after 9-11. Okay. So not the best time right. to start a business, okay? Yeah. The country a little bit kind of shaken from everything that went down there. And he said, we got to do it. He goes, we'll, we'll know within three months if this is going to work, maybe even sooner. And I said, okay. And we started. And within, I think, two weeks uh, that I was there, we, start, we signed a client a week. Every wow. week we signed a new client. So I only had to spend the time in his dining room for four months. After four months, we had a building. And a year later, we had 12 people. So building this this book of clients, was it all just from one-on-one meetings or did you actually end up doing some just spec work and just going to them with some spec work? Or how, how did you build that, that, that client base? It was all the people that Dan had worked with in the past, people who knew me from the morning call, and then the two of us now being together. So one of the accounts we, we signed up is, was Plantique. Mm-hmm. So Mike McShane knew Dan Ross, who used to do some of his television and radio. I used to do Mike's print print ads at the morning call. We went to see Mike. Mike goes, you know what? I know both you guys. I know your work. You guys are together now. Let's do this. And you had mentioned now you're doing radio and TV, like all media, essentially. Yeah. Isn't there a memorable radio spot you did for Plantique? Um, or was it not Plantique? Are you thinking about... Um, are you, oh, you're thinking about, okay, I know what you're talking about, the television campaign oh, that it was we television, did, I the apologize. television spot that we did for, for Music Fest. Yes, it was Music Fest related. And- yeah, yeah, okay, I'll tell you that story. So um, Mike McShane asked, he said, hey, can you guys come up with something for Music Fest? I'm a sponsor this year, and we have a, an ad that's a, t- a TV spot that's going to play on the Jumbotron. So I'm, I'm somebody that believes that if you're, if you're at a concert and you're going to see a show, you might not want to look maybe at traditional advertising. I think you want to be kind of entertained a little bit. Of course. I mean, that's how I would want to be. Well, all advertising should be is entertaining, I, I feel like. It's a form of entertainment. If you don't yeah, agree. capture someone's imagination, then... Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the, that was the initial thought. So I, I made a comment to um, our production director at the time, John Mulder, 
and I said, uh, man, it'd be so be so cool if Robert Plant could play Music Fest mm-hmm. and Plantique could sponsor that. Yeah. You know, that we could have so much fun with that. So I kind of went back to my office. John went back to his office, and the next day he came in with a list, and he said, hey, take a look at this. What do you think? And he had, on that paper, he had listed band names that had nature connections. <laughs> So Michelle Branch, right. Buddy Holly, Soundgarden, Rolling Stones, Wallflowers. I was like, oh my God, this is great. Like, let's get the team together. So we got the team together, we brainstormed, and right at the point where I was gonna say, because we we didn't have the we didn't have the ender. We had kind of the package, but we didn't have the bow on top mm-hmm. of it. And it needed a bow. It needed something to kind of close it up and, and kind of close it, bring it all together. And Tony Zeno, um, just out of sheer frustration for how long this was taking, said, well, here's how I look at it. It's like music's in their nature and great landscaping is in Plantiques. Mm-hmm. And I, he didn't even know what he said, but he just came up with the ending line. Right. I said, we're, we're done. He goes, what, what do you mean we're done? I go, you just said it. Great music's in their nature, great, great landscaping's in ours, Plantique. And then that became the spot. And that was that was cool to see the the crowd's reaction to that when the, when that came on the screen because it was up until it got to a a, a point when you know right they were deceased yeah. at that point I think they started to think that they were Robert Plant was one of the names yeah um, they were seeing you know the lineup for next year's music fest well it must be rewarding to kind of literally see a crowd react to your work your team's work I mean yeah. that has to be very it was great cool feeling yeah McShane Mike McShane loved it he was like this is unbelievable this is this is incredible you know and then the following year he turned it into a television spot so he, mm. he put some money behind it ran it on TV to promote that he was a sponsor of music fest I mean it's timeless which good ideas are mm-hmm. you know that's it, it's that ad could run 20 years from now sure. and it still works you know so it was fun to to kind of see that process all come together how like someone had a thought someone took that thought grew it mm-hmm. and then someone else finishes it with the bow at you're the still end. doing with the plant things the seed and the grow you're still doing it now <laughs> see that i'm not even thinking yeah. about it um so just backtrack very slightly i mean you come from a practical aspect with the vinyl lettering and then you know the the hands-on tactile delivering proofs and now you're literally mm-hmm. you were drawing uh campaigns for the newspaper then you go to outdoor now you're in an agency that's doing like uh radio and tv did you get involved in learning that process, the editing, or were you just, you know, kind of the creative director that sat back and listened and just gave kind of advice? No, in fact, what I did, I was involved ultimately with with everything and really in, on a hands-on way, because um, that's just how I like to. That's how I learn, and that's how I like to kind of do things. And I should um, mention that probably in 90, 1991, I started a wedding video business. Again, putting down a dot, but never knowing how it would connect. Mm-hmm. So. I taught myself how to edit. So I taught myself how to shoot. I taught myself how to put, you know, stories together using video. Never thinking that one day I would have to do that at an agency for right. commercials. Um, but that's how it happened. So when I got to 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 work with Dan at Arm Squared, they did video. So I knew I would I could shoot, I could edit, you know, I knew I knew how to tell stories. So commercials are nothing but 30 second stories, Correct. 30 and 60 second stories. And then uh, Dan really worked with me on um, getting my writing down on how to write for radio, you know, the, the, the brainstorm process, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of, um, learning how to just watching how he did it. We'd do word associations, right. he'd do cliches. He would just, he'd do this thing. He called it a, a brain dump where he would just like 
brain dump all the things that he could think about onto a piece of paper and then just just like a free almost like a free form sure. writing uh, technique. So um, I learned how to write radio spots from him. And um, ultimately, as we hired people at the agency to do certain things, then I was more supervisory, you know, over the radio, over the over the the, the video mm-hmm. and, and the print and, and things like that. Well, you that. grew the company from two people, yourself mm-hmm. and, and Dan, to 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how long were you there and what was your, your next step on your journey? Yep. I was there for six years. Um, I remember when I started, I was, uh, Dan said, well, you, you, we'll give you the title of creative director, but I was really only creative directing myself. Mm-hmm. And and his dog Sadie, because there was no one else there. But me oh, you him. didn't bring on any other like designers or support. No, it was no, all it was you. Just, wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Those early days. Yeah, it was just me, me, Sadie, and Dan. Um, but then at the end, we had eighteen people. Mm-hmm. So after that, I went back to the morning call as the marketing director in two thousand seven. Okay. So now an an ability or a chance, an opportunity to come back to a place that I I kind of got a, my start at. Mm-hmm. But bring all that experience of the eight years that I was gone to bear and see if we can kind of move the needle on some uh, some newspaper. And during now during this time when you're coming back to the morning call, you know you are the officially the creative director, marketing, was the marketing director. director first. Yeah. Okay. Um, is it too soon to start talking about the creation of the media arts group? Was it right around that time, 2007? I mean, your vision, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, was to kind of have like an internal agency right there in the morning call. Correct. That's and that's that's right around the time. I'd say I was probably there a year before I I talked to uh, you know some people there and said I want to try to start an in-house agency inside the, the newspaper where we would charge for creative production. It, it hadn't been done. No other newspaper that I knew of was doing that and I knew that I had the talent in-house um, that that we could that would warrant the, those types of charges. Um, people like Tanya DeLucas, mm-hmm. Sarah Sterner, Nicole mm-hmm. Smith, Chris Devine. These were people that, um, you know, were exceptional designers, agency quality designers that I was lucky enough to have working at the morning call. So I said, let's, let's put them to use. Yeah. And the other thing you did, and I, and I started to take notice because around this time is when I started, you know, with Adams and I would see this stuff that you guys were doing and, um, you really, uh, even more so than some uh, agencies in the area, you guys, you were giving you yourself and your team um, a personality, like uh, a presence. Like you guys would do these elaborate photo shoots, you know, uh, in costume and stuff. And I just remember seeing that. I thought, wow, what a cool team. Like he's really you know, like bringing these guys together. And then I would see the work you guys would do. Um, like at the Addies, I would go and I would just, I would see the stuff you guys were producing. And I was just really impressed. Um, so thank you. Tell me a little bit about that. That process about bringing all these personalities together and 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 creating the, this this team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, for me, I I'm a big believer in like giving back, right? In in I love I love being a mentor to people, um, sharing knowledge. You know, I will share knowledge openly, and I just I I love these guys and the team that I had, and I thought, you know, I really want to give them an experience here that they'd be able to, to, to take with them and go anywhere if whenever they decide to leave or however, they're, however that's going to work out. Um, and that's what I did. I, I really tried to, to give them opportunities and experiences that would allow them to grow beyond what they were currently doing. I remember one of the designers said to me, man, I thought I was just going to be doing black and white newspaper, you know, uh, 
pizza ad, pizza shop ads here at the newspaper. I had no idea I'd get to work on billboards or like these cover shoots for Metro Mix, mm-hmm. um, which is the, the, the photo shoots that you're right. talking about. Um, it just, it was, a, it was a great time because it just, they really got into to kind of... Um, uh, the competition of it, if you will, it, internally with each mm-hmm. other. Like they would all kind of look at each other's covers and like, oh, wait, do you see what I got going next week? Right. You know, and in a friendly kind of way. And it was fun to kind of watch. And we did, I did some, some of the best work of my career with that team. Mm-hmm. I think it's very smart on your part idea to to kind of do kind of like an agency within a media company because all you need is just one overarching concept or idea and that could literally be applied to a bunch of different media. So why not take the reins and kind of control that? You know, um, like you said earlier with the when you were with Adams, like you were noticing some of their, your clients were taking your billboard idea and adapting it for other media. That I mean, that must have kind of sparked the the idea to do what you ended up doing. Yeah, I would say that it did. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's and it's you know consistency is key, you know, in, in advertising and marketing anymore. I mean, it, the, the more that things can be consistent, mm-hmm. you know, your print ad, your newspaper ad, your billboard. Well, especially in a market like know. this, when there's so many players, you know, mm-hmm. there's so many, you know, um, you know, some client might get a, go to the morning call or then go to Adams or go to an agency and then have three different looks and then be cool with it and run them all at once. And, you know, yeah. so it's, it's, it was a good idea to have someone kind of leading the charge with the clients and kind of keeping it all, all consistent. And that, that was the concept. And, and then the idea to try to, to bring that level of sophistication to the advertising clients as well. Right. You know, why does a newspaper, whoever said like, a, why does a newspaper ad have to look like a newspaper ad? Exactly. Why can't a newspaper ad look like just like a billboard? Mm-hmm. Why can't it be clean and simple, you know, concept driven? I'd say you get a better response. I'd say more people would see it because you're stopping them in their tracks. Well, you, know, you think it's a, about it, you look at your standard newspaper and it's all, you know, and then there's that one shining kind of thing, kind of, of, of just, who would have thought? Negative space staring at you in the face when everything else is shouting and this is, you know... So that, that, that makes a lot of sense. But the media landscape eventually changed a sure. little bit, obviously. Uh, newspapers, not as prominent as it used to be. Um, you know, and some of your team members were kind of seeing that. And talk mm-hmm. about how you kind of evolved and went on to the next level when, when, you, when you left the call. Yeah, um, I, I always t- told my designers, you know, and anyone that I, if I did any speaking um, engagements at colleges and universities, I would always tell, one of the things I would say is, you know, get comfortable with being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, especially in this day and age, because you're not going to go into a place, more than likely work for 35 years, retire from there with the gold watch and the, the retirement party. It's, it's, it's just shifting too much. You're going to probably have multiple places that you're going to work at over your career. So just be comfortable with that and just so I took my own advice and at age 50, I decided I needed to kind of reinvent myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I had been in, in print for a lot of years, you know, outdoor, doing a lot of traditional type stuff. And I thought, I just need to, I need to reinvent. I need to go get uncomfortable again. Mm-hmm. And um, I, that's when I ended up, uh, I went to uh, Trifecta Technologies as the Director of Marketing and Communications. Okay. Yeah, in um, 2015. What were, and you, you talked about, you know, being uncomfortable. What were some of the initial challenges you needed to overcome when you, when you went to this new environment of, of technology? Yeah, well, imagine, you know, being in a, in a, in a place where, you know, I'm not, I'm not from the world of, of app, 
apps mm-hmm. and you know mobile applications and Salesforce implementations and things like that. Um, so that comfort level was was gone. You know, I could go back to the to the morning call and and be totally comfortable, or come back in to Adams and be comfortable, or you know, do work in a radio station and be comfortable. Um, but I wanted to be uncomfortable, and I was, and it just. This, the the people that were there and seeing the the high level sophisticated work that they were doing, um, I found inspiring and motivated me. So my job was then was to take what they were doing and bring that to the market through through the marketing with uh, that that was done for Trifecta. And you did a fantastic job, obviously, because your first time out, you took the team onto a gold Addy. Um, your first year there. Uh, talk about that project a little bit. It was an online uh, video promotion, correct? Yeah, it was uh, another interesting story how that came together. It was just supposed to be a photo shoot for Halloween, and uh, a couple of the developers had purchased T-Rex costumes, <laughs> the kind were like... Those inflatable ones. Yeah, the inflatable yeah, ones. Yeah. And they they were just, we were just going to go on the roof and do a photo shoot for, just say, you know, don't be afraid of technology right. or, and just have some fun with it. And the team um, came to me and said, hey... What do you think about turning these into a little web series, a little fifteen second like web web spots? And I'm like, yeah, I, I think that'd be great. Let's do it. So um, my contribution to that campaign was the the end tagline, which uh, was "Businesses won't run on extinct technology." Right. So these little vignettes got created about how dinosaurs. These dinosaurs just don't belong in an office. They just mess things up. Tiny they, arms. They tiny can't, arms. Yeah. <laughs> they can't reach the keyboard. Um, and then the other, the other thing was, um, you know, they're out of date. They're hard to work with. And we created these just little vignettes, which I thought were were hilarious. We shot the whole thing internally. I don't. There was like literally no budget to to spend on them. And uh, Jason Kilp did the editing. And uh, yeah, it was great. We pushed them out on our social media channels. Businesses won't run on extinct technology. Yeah. That was well, they the whole... were they were a huge hit. I know every everyone was very entertained by them, and like I said, you went on to, you know, when so your fir- I don't think trifecta again to your credit. I don't think they've ever entered the Addies prior to that, and if they have, I, I don't remember it. But like their first time out, that's pretty darn good. You know, a gold right out of the gate, right out of the gate. Yeah, I'm not sure about. I'm not sure if that was the first time. I don't know. It might not have been, but it certainly was the first win. That mm-hmm. that much I remember. Yeah. So, um, how long were you at Trifecta, and um, kind of what what came next after you know after the the web series, and what happened next? <laughs> well, what happened next was uh, a bit unexpected. Uh, I was there for a year and eight months, and then uh, I was laid off. So, talk about being uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I was uh, lucky enough right after I got laid off from Trifecta to get. Uh, kind of hired by the morning call by the publisher there at the time, Robert York, to come in and help with a branding campaign mm-hmm. uh, that he felt um, needed some needed some guidance, needed some help. It was being done out of the Chicago market, and he just felt like it, they weren't understanding what he was trying to do. Um, he would learn to my situation and said, hey, look, how about... Uh, how about you come work here until end of February and help us uh, get this brand uh, into a good place? Work with my internal team, work with the designer here, and um, you know make sure that that it 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 is the best that it can be because mm-hmm. um, it was not heading in a good direction when right. I when I kind of looked at it and saw it. It was it just needed some help and and I just think it was just really more of a a fact that the, whoever was in Chicago doing it just didn't understand the market, the local market. Um, it just they probably had. W- 
other things they were working on and just didn't really have the the time to give this the attention that it needed. Well, who better to bring in to, to kind of tweak it than someone that's, you know, worked at the morning call, knows the ins and outs of it, knows the history, you know, has been there a long time. So Well, and then, I mean, we did, we did radio with it. We did video with it. We did outdoor. We did a bunch of print. We wrapped some vending boxes. I mean, they really kind of stepped up with a decent uh, kind of media buy. Um, and then that project ended end of February. Okay. Well, look, before I ask you the, the next, the, the big question, which is, what are you up to now? Um, I, I, I'd like you to, to maybe address anybody that finds themselves um, in the unfortunate circumstance that you found yourself in. Any advice for creative professionals that find themselves in the unfortunate circumstance of being laid off? How to get through that? Any advice on avenues they could take to get back on their feet again? Yeah, I would say um, your friends and a really strong network. Um, my friends were there. I could lean on them. Um, they would check in with me from time to time. They kept me kind of positive. And then just just staying busy. Don't letting it, you can't let it get to you. You can't like kind of let the fact that you're, you know, you're looking for your next opportunity or, you know, you don't know how long you're going to be out, you know, because that'll really kind of mess with your head. Mm -hmm. And you don't want it, to, it's, trust me, it's a struggle. I've had, I, there were days where, you know, weren't good ones for me, yeah. but you just got to keep, um, just stay focused. I know I got a bunch of freelance work that I started working on that kept me motivated, um, applying to, you know, keeping the resume tweaked up. Um, but I would just say there's a, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of freelance work out there to be done. Um, just try to re reach out to network, reach, start with the people that, right. like, you know, close in your circle and just keep like, like expanding it out. And even if it's free time, you like, Doing the stuff that you love, and I, I, I like what you said earlier, keeping busy, because I, I kind of alluded to it in your intro, but um, it is something that a lot of people follow and a lot of people appreciate, and that's your column you write. Like you, you write. Yeah, I kept that going yeah. the whole time. You know, I didn't let that stop. I, I wrote wrote the column one a month. Um, I did something that to this point I never thought I would do. I created my own website. Mm -hmm. I, I actually finished my website. Um, so that that was something that that. Uh, Boy, I, I should have never taken this long to do that. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. But I'm glad that that's done. So I just I just kept powering ahead. You know. So just, quick, just real quick, I'm sorry to interrupt, but just give a real quick encapsulation because we're going to wrap up shortly. But tell us about your column. Where can people go to read it? Um, are, are you going to continue it on your own? What What's going to happen with it? What's it called? Well, the column the column is archived uh, on um, uh, the Morning Call uh, Lehigh Valley Biz Cycle Business Cycle website. So I think it's it just if you just go on you know mcall.com okay. and go to business go into business Leah Valley business cycle you'll find it there. Um, I also just recently it's called Creativity Works. Creativity right? Works. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I also recently am signed a, a or not signed but um, came to an agreement with um, Lehigh Valley Business newspaper. Going to be writing for them now as well. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. So that just kind of happened. And and every now and then I'll write for Network Magazine. So. Although the network magazine is, you know, I'm not a, I'm not like in every issue, sure. but I have written two or three columns for them as well. So, so you can lay Bill Childs off, but he'll never go away. So just, you know, keep busy, you know, keep in front of people like you've done. Mm -hmm. yep. um, that, that's great. So here's the big question after all of this. And, we, you know, you've had a very uh, elaborate career, uh, very well-known person. You've, like I said, you've left an indelible mark in the advertising community. What's next for Bill Childs? What's next? Well, um, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm staying here. Um, but I did, uh, I did land another position, uh, proud to say. I am uh, 
going to be working at Adams Outdoor Advertising. Congratulations. Back an, at Adams Outdoor Advertising. Fantastic. As an account executive. Yep. That's and, great. And actually, today's my first day. Oh, well, congratulations. <laughs> I, and before we started the interview, I, I, I said to him, um, I, I think that's an excellent kind of way to cap it off because it, it does kind of just speak to your many talents, your many facets. Like, you know, you are a true kind of renaissance man for this area. Um, that that's kind of done a lot, uh, not kind of, definitely has done a lot. So, um, Bill, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the show, and thank you too. Something else I kind of forgot to mention is uh, one of the reasons I wanted to uh, thank Bill and have be, be a last guest for the last podcast is because. Uh, you know, I thanked a lot of people in the beginning that, that made this podcast possible. One person I did not thank was Bill Childs, who was the president of the ad club when I kind of pitched this idea. And um, Julia from Fire Rock was a vice president, and she kind of uh, took up the torch and kept it running after uh, Bill's tenure as president. So I just want to thank you for, uh, for allowing us to do this fun little podcast. Hey, I would say to anyone out there, you know, that works at an agency or works in any kind of creative field or any kind of media company, you know, get involved in the ad club. That was that was something I I was involved with that club for 15 years, and it was uh, it did tremendous things for me, uh, both professionally and personally. I can't say enough about my my involvement uh, in that club. I loved it. Um, I miss it. Uh, I guess at some point I will have to kind of work my way back in there. If, you got to come back if they'll have me. Absolutely. <laughs> for more on the ad club, uh, check out aafglv.org. Bill. Thanks for being our last guest on Adyak. My pleasure, man. All right. For more information on Bill Childs, visit BillChilds.com. You've been listening to Adyak, formerly the official podcast of the AAF Lehigh Valley. Adyak was sponsored and produced by Fire Rock Productions and was recorded at Adams Outdoor Advertising Eastern PA Market. I was your host, Nathan Linder. And for the last time, thanks for yakking with us. Mark your calendars. March 1st is the night of our annual Addy Awards at the Renaissance Hotel in Allentown. Save the date postcards and emails are on their way. It's a full-on creative feud as your favorite game shows provide the backdrop for this year's festivities. But much like your favorite game shows, you have to be a contestant to win, and the online submission portal will be ready soon. So keep checking aafglv.org for details.